Hey, everybody. Uh, for those of you maybe who are tuning in online or haven't had the honor, if I haven't had the honor of meeting you, uh, my name is Garrett, uh, and I have the honor and privilege of serving here as the youth director. Um, so, man, I love, I love your teenagers. Your teenagers are awesome. Uh, Pastor Sheldon and Michelle are currently out of town. Uh, they went to the Ohio State versus Michigan game and spent time with family. So they're big, huge Ohio State fans. So keep them in your prayers. Pray for them. That game was a little rough. But we love Pastor Sheldon and Michelle. So can we just honor them real quick for them? Just they're answering the calling on their life and then being here and leading us at Thrive Church. And I love them. They're awesome people and, and excited that they're here. Um, just a couple quick reminders. If, we have a couple people stay after to help us move these sections of chairs right over here. Uh, we're getting ready for our women's Christmas event on December 3rd. Today's going to be the last day to register for that women. If you're looking forward to it, make sure to sign up today. Secondly, uh, if you look at your sermon notes, I'm a huge person. I love, I love sermon notes. I love writing down notes because it says that you remember 95% of the things you take notes on and go back later and apply to your life. Um, but if you take and you got your sermon notes on the back of it is this little advent calendar uh, it's our Bible reading plan all through the month of December. And so we're going to read that all the way up to our Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve. And that'll be held at 5 o'clock p.m. So make sure to save uh, the date and register for that so that uh, we get to see you here. Because we're excited to spend Christmas Eve with you guys. Um, if you're new to us, maybe this is your first week or you missed a couple weeks, the last couple weeks. Or maybe you're just tuning in online, you found us online. Um, we've been in a title of the series called Thanksgiving. And so we've been learning about gratitude and how do we show gratitude to people around us and in our lives. And so the, the past three weeks we've been in the series, in week one, uh, we learned that having an attitude of gratitude is a choice and that showing gratitude is a choice. In week two, we learned that our purpose is to influence those around us and in our lives. And last week in week three, we learned how to show our gratitude through our give and saw from Pastor Mark that that we made quite an impact. And so, man, I'm just excited that over 50 families from Thrive Church gave so that people could have what we, we have, right? Things like Korean Resources, Empowering Women. Over 50 families from Thrive Church gave. Can we just give, you, give yourselves a round of applause for that? That's huge. That's awesome. So this week, if you're taking down notes, the title of this message is The Heart of Worship. And I think I just heard some people go like, uh, because when we hear worship, I think a lot of us go like, uh, I like, that's not for me, right? Like, I'm not musically inclined. I can't sing on key or clap on beat. So worship really isn't meant for me. And the truth is, when we think like that, we can kind of become a spectator to what's happening around us in the moment. I'm somebody who loves worship and look forward to it every Sunday. But if we come in as spectators and we kind of go through the motions of worship, what we do here is no different than Karaoke Sunday. But if we come in and align ourselves with expectation, instead of being a spectator, you can walk out better than when you came in. The definition of worship is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Uh, but before we hop into it, let's pray. Lord, we love you. Let this message not be from persuasive words of wisdom, but a demonstration of your power, so that our faith is not built on the wisdom of man, but on the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us ears that are willing to hear and a heart that is ready to receive, Lord. 
We didn't show up just to play church. We're not tuning in online just to play church. We want everything that you have for us in this moment so that we can walk out better than we walked in. Well, we thank you again for your presence in this room. In your name we pray, amen. My hope this weekend is to set you guys all up to win when it comes to worship. And uh, I think I need you to help me out a little bit. Can you look at your neighbor and say you're invited? Awesome. Now look at your second choice to say you're invited. Neighbor, the other neighbor. Man, it feels good to get the invite, right? It feels good to be invited. You guys ever been, like, been scrolling through social media and you realized you weren't invited to something? Like, you're scrolling through and you see, like, your friends are hanging out or you see maybe it's your family and, and they had some get-together or whatever, and, like, you found out you weren't, you're like, what's that? I mean, it's like you weren't invited, right? It hurts when you find out that you're not invited. My hope is that this will be freeing to some people, and I think you've heard this. If you've heard it, that's great. That's awesome. But for some of you, you may have never heard this, and it's this statement, that we're all invited into God's presence, when it comes to worship, we're all invited into God's presence. John chapter four, verse 23 says this, but the, by the way, this is in red letters. This is like Jesus talking. So we know it's like really important because it's coming from Jesus. And it says, but the hour is coming and is now here. First of all, only Jesus can like in the same sentence say something's coming and is now here. Like that's powerful. Like I think that's just really cool. Anyways, it says, when the true, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now to worship in spirit and in truth, this is gonna be freeing for some people. I think like we see the worship team up here and they play four songs and they sound like Ariana Grande and they like, they rock the house and you're like, oh, that sounds so good. I'll never sound like that. I can't sound like Ariana Grande or Justin Timberlake up here. Right, or like uh, the drums kick in and like you want to clap on beat, but like you're not sure where the beat is and you like have to look at your neighbor to like, and that you're still off, you're looking at them and you're still off, like, you're like, how does this, how does this work? Okay, anyways, right, and we find out we, can't, we're, we, we don't have any rhythm. Um, that's okay, it really is. Because to worship in spirit and in truth is not about if you can sing on key. It's not about if you can clap on beat. To worship in spirit and in truth is an authentic expression of your faith and trust in God. Nothing again to do with how musically talented you are, but it has everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. What's cool is everybody's invited to worship. Everybody's invited into God's presence because he loves your worship. And it says it here at the end of, of John chapter four, verse 23. It says, for the father is seeking such people. Who's he seeking? He's seeking those who will take off masks, those who will send, surrender control. Some of y'all may be a little upset with me when I say this. That's okay, the real pastor will be back next week. Um, a lot of you approach God's presence with how you want him to see you. And God is like, I can't bless, fix, heal, restore who you pretend to be. So when you come to, to worship me, come with your authentic you, right? The real you, not the one that we pretend to be, not the mask we put on, but the real you. So when you worship me, do it in spirit and in truth. Don't come with the like polished Instagram version, the social media perfectness, 70 likes on your selfie. Some of y'all get 70 likes and that's way more than I'll ever get. Um, Instagram version of you. But when you do, come from a place of transparency and surrender. Those are the worshipers that he seeks and he loves your worship. 
He loves authentic worship, not what we pretend to be. Because ultimately, did you know you're created and designed to worship? Like, it's literally in your design to worship. In Revelations 4, verse 11, it says, Worthy are you, Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Here's the reality. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, everybody worships something or someone. Everybody. And that's why we're so passionate about getting you to connect with God and each other. That's why we want you to grow in your faith journey. That's why we ultimately want you to serve and make an impact in the people around you so that you can live out the life you were created to thrive in. So that you can avoid all the noise and the distractions that come with life. Because ultimately, not everybody worships the true and living God. A lot of people worship and idolize people. Right? A lot of us idolize and worship sports heroes. A lot of people idolize and worship actors and musicians and people with a platform. And some people idolize and worship themselves. Don't look at your neighbor. Some people in worship and idolize their possessions. And <clears throat> the definition of worship is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Everybody everywhere worships something because worship is the fundamental drive of life. And God built this drive in us. That, that feeling that there's more to life than just experiencing life on earth. I think I said that and something kind of clicked for you guys. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says that God, and I want you to hear this, placed eternity in the hearts of man. That he put eternity in the hearts of man. It's the recognition that there's more to life than just the here and now. Ultimately, life isn't about gaining success. That's cool if you, if you become successful, but that's not the purpose of life. It's not about getting rich. It's not about becoming popular or having a ton of money and a, a high status. Ultimately, it's to know and understand that God made you. And when you know the God that made you, this whole thing, what we do on a Sunday is no longer about religion, but it's about relationship. That's why we're so passionate about, hey, get into life groups. Hey, find a place to serve on our serve team. Go through the growth track so that you can be about relationship. You can be in relationship with us because our God is about relationship. And I think, I think the best example of this, of this relationship is Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God, that he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. I love this part. I love this part. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. Come on, that's powerful. The closer I get to his presence, the closer I get to him in his heart, the more I understand the importance of this relationship that we have with him. 
And I find myself asking this question, and I want to challenge yourselves to ask this same question, and it's, where do you place your adoration? Each day, what are you putting your heart and intention to? What are you intentionally doing each and every day? Because ultimately, we love a lot of stuff, and that's okay, but nothing should replace our relationship with God. If we want to show our gratitude through worship, this is point number one, is we have to focus our adoration. The definition of adoration is to show deep love or respect. And the truth is, is you may love a lot of things, right? Your family, your significant other, your career, all the cool toys you have in the garage, all the things you just got on Black Friday shopping, come on. But if we begin to depend on those things, if we hold, if we hold on to our adoration for those things, instead of redirecting it towards God, our lives can become unbalanced. I want you to catch this. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. It's him who gives us the ability to love those things. It's him who gives us our passions. But if we're not careful, we can find ourselves adoring them more than we do God. When we worship, we're taking ourselves out of the center. We're taking ourselves off of the throne, so to speak. And we're putting God back on his rightful place as the center on the throne. When we shift our adoration, we quit making it about what we want and, and what we want to do. But then we begin to make it about what God wants to do through us and what he wants to do through our lives. Do you know your life carries a sound? Some of y'all looked at me funny. Okay, maybe, maybe, did you know this room has a sound? Like in this room, and, and when the worship team is up here, and maybe you don't know this, some of you may, may know this, but when you're up here and the worship team is singing and they're leading us in a moment of worship, we have a tech team that's working to EQ the microphones and, and make sure that everything is running correctly and make sure it sounds good and create an atmosphere where we can worship because if we didn't do that, it would kind of sound funky in here all of the time and it would be really distracting, be really hard to worship, be hard to pay attention. Do you know your life carries a sound? For some of you, it's joy. Some of y'all know by how joyous you are. Like, you walk into a room and everybody's face lights up and like, hey, Mark's here. And like, you always have a smile on your face. You have that sense of joy about you, that sound of joy about you. For some of you, it's hope and peace. People just kind of feel at ease around you because you have the sound of, of peace and hope that walks with you, that, that kind of reverberates from you. For some of you, it's courage and bravery. And maybe for some of you, it's freedom. But for some of you, it's anxiety. Some of you, it's depression. Some of you, it's your insecurities. And what I think is really freeing is that that doesn't have to be our sound. That doesn't have to be what comes from our life. In Psalm 40, verse three, it says it like this. He says, he, who? Jesus, God. God put, a, God put this. He says, he put a new song in my mouth. If you're writing notes, he put a new sound in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Point number two, if you're taking down notes, is we have to tune our sound to his song. We have to replace the sound in our life, that anxiety, that depression, the insecurities in our lives. We have to replace it with a song of praise because ultimately our praise is a weapon. Even when life looks really hard and things are stacked against us and we choose to praise in that moment, if we 
I don't care if you can sing on beat or sing on key or clap on beat, but when you replace the sound of worry and fear in your life with a song of praise, things begin to change. I think somebody needs to hear this today is that God specializes in the again. Your sound may feel messy. Life feel messy is like right now, right? It may feel like heartbreak, but you're gonna get your joy again. Some of you are gonna begin to be bold again. Some of you are gonna laugh again. Some of you are gonna begin to live again because God specializes in the again. When you tune your sound to his song, it begins to overflow into other areas of your life. You wake up and you realize, you know what? I can fight. I can stand through this. I, I got this confidence and this boldness, not because it's just me standing here, but I got this boldness and this confidence in me because I know who's standing with me. And then you find yourself on the other side of that situation that you didn't think you would make it through. And you can't help but talk about what God did in your life because the truth is, is you shouldn't have made it through, but God specializes in the again. Some of you are like, wow, Garrett, you're coming in with a lot of passion here. I want you to hear this while we're here. We're talking about passion. Don't judge somebody's passion until you know their past. Don't judge how somebody worships and the, and the way they worship until you know what they've been delivered from. Because there are some people in this room, come on, there are some people in this room who shouldn't have made it out of that situation. They shouldn't have made it past that diagnosis, that family feud, whatever it may be, they shouldn't have made it through it, but God brought them through it, and now they hear, don't judge them how they, on how they worship until you know what they've been delivered from. I didn't know if I was going to tell this story, um, but I think I will. I have time. I, I, I'm somebody who loves worship and, and to be in worship, man. I can't sing on key. I can't clap on beat like it's bad. So when I say that, know that I'm, I relate with you. Um, but I love worship. I love being in his presence. And if you've ever been to Spencer Lake during family camp, like the atmosphere is just different out there. Like we walk in with that moment of expectation that God's gonna do something cool. And so I'm out there and I'm in worship and I'm just not connecting. I feel like a spectator. Everybody's having this moment and my hands are just kind of in my pocket and I'm just kind of swaying along and, I'm like, why can't I connect to this? Why can't I, why am I not in this moment? And ultimately, I came to the place, like, I was like, I need to pray about this. Like, I just need to pray. And so I literally went to the back of the auditorium. I sat on, like, concrete in the, in the auditorium, and I just sat there. I'm like, God, what's, what's going on? What's happening? Why am, why am I not connecting in this? And the reality is in worship, and I felt this in my, it's like, we just sing songs sometimes. We go through the motions and I felt it deep, like I just heard God say it and felt it deep within me. He's like, this is what I want from you. I wanna be involved in the process. I wanna be involved in the little moments with you. Not just in worship, but every day. And my question is, is how many other areas of our lives do we go through the motions, do we do things in our own strength and we don't involve God in the process? Sometimes we even forget to involve God in worship. We come in and we just sing songs. And if we do that here, then what other areas of our lives are we doing it in? Point number three, if you're taking your notes, is we have to tune our heart to his heart. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, when you tune your heart or connect your heart to someone 
or something else, or you tune your heart to the things of this world, you end up feeling empty and hopeless. Like there's a piece that's missing from you. Like that you're not fully complete. But when you sink your heart to the heart of God, and you begin to get closer to the heart of God and who he truly is, and you get to understand his character, with that alignment, you realize in that alignment that there's mercy, there's forgiveness, there's joy, and there's peace. I think being in tune is more important than any of us realize. Take a guitar, for example. I'm, I have zero music ability. Some of you may have zero music ability. But when you play a guitar that's out of tune, you know it almost instantly from the first note that's played. There are different things in our lives that knock us out of tune. Let's say you leave a guitar in the trunk for, you know, Wisconsin weather, weather and you put it in the trunk and, you know, 60 below in the morning, 60 in the afternoon, you get frostbite and sunburn in the same day. That condition is gonna mess with it if you put it in the trunk and you drive all the way to Arizona where it's 100 degrees every day. All of that is gonna mess with its tune. Because ultimately, conditions and atmosphere matter. The conditions will mess with our tune. The atmosphere will mess with the tune. The conditions in the atmosphere in your life will mess with your tune. The conditions in the atmosphere of that toxic relationship. The conditions in the atmosphere of that toxic thinking that you're stuck in. The condition of the situation in your, that you're in and the atmosphere of that situation will mess with and knock your life out of tune. It may be a person in your life and you don't even realize it, but they're knocking you out of tune with their negativity. Sometimes there's old wounds and old hurts and old unforgiveness issues that we carry along and we just kind of hang on to it and we don't even realize we're doing it, but there's something deep inside of us and we're hanging on to it and all the while it's knocking our lives and messing with our lives and knocking us out of tune. And I think being in tune is so important because here's the reality. The reality is, is that when you're not in tune with God's heart, you're not in tune with his voice. It's really hard to hear God when you're not in tune with his voice. And I think when we're not in tune with his voice, we can lose sight of what it truly means to worship, what it means to be in his presence, what it means to hear his voice. If we're not in tune with his heart, we're not in tune with his voice. Would you lift your hands all across this place? We're gonna pray. Lord, I'm sorry if we've made worship something it's not supposed to be. We made it about us and ultimately it's about you. God, I thank you that you are big enough and strong enough to heal, fix and restore. I pray that as we redirect our loneliness, our frustrations, our concern, our stress, anxiety, our fear, our suicidal thoughts and depression, Lord, we call upon your name. God, I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for the areas that felt like they were falling apart, that they would begin to fall into place. Lord, I pray that miracles begin to break out in marriages and in families, Lord. I pray 
that, that prodigal child that have fallen away and are living the prodigal life, Lord. I pray for that mom or that dad who's still praying for their son or their daughter, their child, that they wouldn't stop fighting, that they wouldn't stop believing, Lord. Thank you for your deliverance, Lord. I pray that we tune our sound and our hearts to yours, Lord. And again, we just thank you for your presence that's in this moment, Lord. But we wanna come back to the heart of worship and not make it about us, not make it about the lights or the haze that's in the room or what's happening in other people around us, but we want it to be a, a true, authentic expression of our faith and trust in you. But we come back to the heart of worship. In your name we pray, amen. Church, why don't you stand with us one more time? I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it And it's all about you it's all about you, Jesus. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply Search much deeper within 
praise today. Come on. It's a good day. With every head bowed and eyes closed, maybe some of you who are in this room, you're like, Garrett, I needed this. This is what I needed today. The truth is I haven't been focusing my adoration or there's so many things in my life that are stealing my attention. Maybe you feel like the sound you're carrying is hopelessness. It's anxiety, it's depression. And today you're gonna redirect your sound to his song. And you're gonna align his heart with his heart. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your savior, but you want to, you wanna come back to the heart of worship. Maybe you're here today and you got caught up in the prodigal life, but you wanna rededicate your life to him. I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do it. It's God's job to change you, but we wanna walk through this with you. So we're gonna pray along together and I want everybody to repeat after me as we pray. And then we're gonna celebrate because this is something that needs to be celebrated. And then we're gonna, we're gonna continue on. But if everybody just repeat after me, Jesus, it's me. I have been living for me and it hasn't worked. But from today on, I choose to live for you. I lay every sin, every struggle, all my weaknesses at your feet. And I ask for forgiveness. And from this moment on, I choose to live for you. You are my father you are my savior and you are my Lord. Come on, let's praise God. Let's go.